Welcome to Read by Example, where teachers are leaders and leaders know literacy. And we were just chatting here um, about some professional books with a couple of my colleagues here. And uh, but this this focus on this conversation is on pleasure reading, reading for joy, reading for enjoyment, and um, trying to keep things um, focused on what we want to read out and be outside of education. But uh, my name is Matt Renwick. I'm a principal in Wisconsin. And Jen, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, sure. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jen Arcovio, and I'm a literacy trainer at the Center for Reading Recovery and Literacy Collaborative. And I'm Deborah Crouch. I'm a literacy consultant. I work with schools and districts uh, around the country and um, am an author of Made for Learning. Another book. Very good book. <laughs> yes, we had the pleasure of having Deborah and Brian on our previous podcast uh, around the book Made for Learning. So excellent stuff. But this is the part of the three book challenge. It was inspired. My family and I were in the Indiana Sand Dunes and they had the three dune challenge. Uh, dunes are just large piles of sand created by the wind, I think, off of Lake Michigan. And so we did the three dune challenge. It was very doable. It was fun. It was challenging, but it wasn't too challenging, engaging. It was our kids' favorite thing they did the whole time we were in uh, Indiana and Chicago area. And uh, thought, oh, this would be like a cool thing to do with like a class at the beginning of the school year. Like we're going to have a three book challenge. We're all going to read a book in three books in September. Um, something that's totally doable. Uh, one reader, a subscriber on the site said, uh, I could do that in a week, you know. So it's, um, but you kind of pick what books you want to read. You can offer some healthy constraints. So the constraints for this challenge, and certainly you can uh, not do them, but if you'd like to, one book that is fiction, has to be fiction. One is non-educational nonfiction. And then one is in a genre that, you normally don't read. So if you followed that, great. If you didn't, great. I just really believe to teach readers, we have to love reading. And it's uh, this is the time when we can engage in that. So, but who would like to start off with what they're reading and why they're reading it? I'll start us off. All right, I'll, I'll jump in. I'll jump in. So, yeah, and it's just, it was exciting and I didn't, I was like, oh gosh, I actually have to like get really out in front of this and think about July because I'm more of a, I just finished this book, what's next um, kind of reader. Um, so it was really interesting. Um, but uh, to start with, so one of the books that's a fiction book that I missed back when it came out because it's, and it's so, you know, it's such a classic is um, Amy Tan's Joy Luck Club. Um, and I'd been listening to, um, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus's podcast recently. And one of the people that she interviewed was Amy Tan. And I thought, how have I not picked this book back up and, and read this? I start, it was one of those where I just, I don't know, I, there was a bookmark in there. So perhaps I started it or perhaps I had intended to start it and did not. So that was my fiction book because I just, um, I so enjoyed listening to her speak just about her life and, um, um, and she just, I don't know, I just thought, you know what, I want to start from the beginning um, with her writing. Um, so I had it on my shelf, pulled it off. And so I think I'm going to tackle this one um, in the upcoming month or so. 
Um, so that was my fiction title that has nothing to do with literacy, but I know it's going to have everything to do with literacy because I don't know how to read a book and not at some point think about how it's connected to what we do. It's, um, almost, a, you know. it's almost an affliction, I think, sometimes. Like, oh, yes. I can use this quote in this staff meeting, you know, yeah. <laughs> or you'll notice something that they do as writers and you're like, mm. oh my gosh, just, you know, oh my goodness, that's such a, a powerful way of writing, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so my nonfiction book, um, actually, I've got another fiction. I just got to say, I am an avid series person. So I actually accidentally read the third book in the series. And so I'm going back to pick up one and two from Ellie Griffiths. Um, and so I just, you know, have this out of the library called Stranger Diaries. I love mystery uh, novels. I'm an avid mystery fan and or detective novels kind of thing. So this is right out of that vein. And so I've always got one of these kinds of books going. So I have my whole collection of series. Anybody wants a series, give me a call. Those kind of series. And then, so my nonfiction book, um, I have in the early planning stages and uh, is, is a trip in October to um, Tanzania to go to see the animals and do safari and the whole, whole thing. So it's in the early stages. Um, but one of the um, books I was going to read to support me with that is a biography of Jane Goodall because one of the um, parks we're hoping to get to is Gombe. Um, and so I'm hoping to go to see the chimpanzees and see that. So um, I thought I'll start with the, a biography for it. I'm not an avid biography reader, um, but when it's a really good biography or there's a purpose connected to biography, I will always read a good biography. So that's my, my nonfiction. So I'm starting with her first one, which um, um, is called Jane Goodall, The Woman Who Redefined Man, which is um, a biography that tells the story of her um, career and her life and that sort of thing. So as I was on my library app, because I'm an avid user of the library, um, looking for that book, I ran across a book that came out a couple of years ago um, that Jane Goodall wrote herself called The Book of Hope, Survival Guide for Trying Times. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, um, I just think this is a perfect book for right now, just the news and, you know, climate and seeing the heat waves we're having and rainstorms and just all of this stuff. So that's another book that I'm going to be digging into. Um, it's on its way to the library right now. So I'm looking forward to seeing what kinds of advice she can offer, because I just think about someone who has has been an activist basically her entire life um, is just a powerful person to talk about hope um, for these bigger issues that um, we run into. Um, so those are those are some of my readings for this hot July um, that we have coming up. Cool. <laughs> and what was that second book about Jane Goodall, The Good Life? No. Um, the... Um, the Book of Hope. The Book of Hope. The one that she wrote. Yes, The Book of Hope. Hope, Survival Guide for Trying Times. And I know, I remember when it came out, I remember reading a review of it and thinking, oh, that sounds like a really great book, but I just didn't get to it on the list. Um, and so I thought, oh, that would that really fits right in with everything else. So a biography of her, but also um, something that she's written as well. 
um, to mm -hmm. see what her thinking is around um, how you keep going when it's phew, these big, big issues, you know, that just that I know she's, she's talking and thinking about. So anyway, so that's, yeah, I think that'll be an interesting yeah. book collection for July. Yeah. Like a pair of texts. It's interesting that you're reading biographies when you're going somewhere just you know i would i people will pick books for different reasons mm -hmm. for the same destination they'll, they'll pick different books for the same destination i would pick like a like a like a guy like a traveler's guy they think first you know whereas you thought of a biography which is really i would not have thought of that so thank you for sharing that well i think when we when we started talking about gambi and gambi is not in the same part of the country as all the other, like the Serengeti and all of those other parks. Um, so it's gonna, and this is funny, I'm reading about it online and, and in my head I thought, wow, that's really far. And I thought, wait a minute, you're going halfway around the world. How do you not go just that little extra distance to get to see the chimpanzees? So mm -hmm. um, that's, um, uh, was an interesting thought in my head, but um, I thought, you know, I wanna get a sense of what her life was like there. Um, and so, um, but so I think the biography is going to give me a sense of that because it, it really was apparently quite a really well-known biography when it first came out. So it's quite a, quite a bit older. Um, but so yeah. Biography is tour guide. It's, yeah. 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 Interesting. Well, yeah. thanks. Deborah. That's, uh, oh, you're welcome. It's a great list. I've got my my paper and pencil ready because I actually have already have one of the books that you recommended, Matt, on um, awe. So I'm going to be working my oh, way yeah. through that one as I go. Um, yeah, I don't think I I don't think I'm going to blow through that one the way I'm going to go no. through these others. Um, but <laughs> looking forward to that. Yeah, he was it was an interesting book, and um, a friend of mine had get, sent it to me, and we actually had a little book chat. And we talked about it, and, um, and I think you'll I think you'll appreciate it'll pair well with your Jane Goodall books because it talks about just getting perspective from seeing things that inspire awe, you know, it sounds like your trip's uh -huh. going to do that. So uh -huh. <laughs> awesome. How about you, Jen? What are you reading? Why okay. You reading? Well, yeah, I, I took this opportunity to try to find all of the books that have been given to me, recommended to me, or that I saw and I got for myself and never committed to, reading them. <laughs> so I searched my shelves and um, one is um, what will be an easy read for me because they're, these are my two favorite authors. It's called The Cabinet of Dr. Lang by uh, Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child. Um, they write together and individually. And I came across one of their books when I had to alter a trip I was taking and I ended up in an airport in Kentucky uh, for much longer than I <laughs> meant to be there. And I had nothing to do. It was, you know, long before iPhones and things, you can just read stuff on your phone or play games or anything. So, you know, I went into the bookshop and found a book um, by these two. Um, and similar to Deborah, I had accidentally gotten the third in a trilogy, um, which then, of course, expanded out over the years. Um, into other books with recurring characters and plot lines and um, things like that. So uh, this came out, I think, in the in the winter, and I just never got to it. I got it 
um, as a birthday gift, and I never got around to reading it. So I'm reading it now um, and kind of flying through that one because they are, they're my favorite authors. It's, um, they're good with, uh, mystery suspense and a little bit of science fiction, like just enough where, uh, it doesn't feel completely, um, out there, but it gives it just enough to be interesting. So, um, that was not a big branching out, uh, choice for me, (laughs) but I'm really enjoying it. Um, and then, the hardest category was um, non-educational nonfiction because as both of you, it's my whole life is reading um, educational nonfiction. Um, but there was a book that was um, strongly recommended to me to read. I got it for myself and it sat on my shelf for a long time because of time issues. So it's called The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. And <laughs> Deborah loves that book. We, One of we've my got a, absolute another recommendation. Yes. Love that book. And I I have to say I was completely ignorant to this story. And so I'm I'm happy to be reading it. It's about uh Henrietta Lacks, who was um a black woman uh in I believe the forties or fifties, if my memory is serving, who whose uh DNA was taken without her consent and used, and it's been like the, uh, what has launched all of our uh, modern day vaccines, treatments. I mean, it it just opened up um, doors in science, but um, it was taken without and used without her permission or knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm finding it fascinating. So I'm like partway through all of these books. So I, I can't talk too much more about it right now. Um, but it's, it brings up a lot of, um, it's thought provoking. I'll say that, um, about where, (laughs) you know, I don't know where things come from. I trust the scientists, but then you read something like that. No, what's, (laughs) what don't I know about how that worked? Um, and then the third book, um, I was glad to see Matt that you have some, um, young adult literature on your list because I have a daughter who's turning nine and you know, the library of books that I gifted her from when I taught kindergarten and first grade and second grade, it's, she's giving it all to her younger brother. Now (laughs) she's, she's reading voraciously books that, you know, I don't have for her. So I'm always looking for something new, something to expand her collection. Um, making sure she has, you know, a wide variety of things to read. Um, And so The Front Desk by Kelly Yang is a a new, fairly new release. Um, I have not started it yet, but I'm about to read it in um, preparation to to gift it to my daughter to keep expanding her collection of books. Um, And I'm, I'm really curious to read it. It's uh, my understanding is it's part biographical um, in some ways. So um, I'm excited to read this one. My daughter read it in fifth grade and uh, really enjoyed it too. I did not read it, but um, I believe my wife read it to her. and They read it together. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's a hit. Great. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. 
Do you do that as well, Jen? Read stories with your child, with your daughter? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every day. Oh, how fun. Yeah. Yeah. She's a very different reader than I am. Like you, Deborah, I'm kind of like, okay, I I finish this book and then I read another one. Um, Whereas she will have maybe 20 books going at a time. (laughs) And I don't know how she does it, but um, she, she'll, she'll be partway through many books and then finish them. And um, she likes to repeat, read her books. So it's like a are they similar? Thing. Are they similar um, genre that she's reading? I can read multiple. I can have multiple genres going. Yeah, anyway, she'll but. no, not necessarily, not necessarily. She um, so they'll be similar genres. Mm. Yeah, mm. and my son just turned five, and he's into nonfiction. He just wants nonfiction books. Period. <laughs> So they're very different readers. Yep. Um, well, thanks, Jen. And I, I'm writing down all of these titles and I'll put it when I post it later this week, I'll put it in the uh, notes. Um, so everyone can find at least one book that they're needing one to read. Um, the, the, I already shared in the discussion thread, uh, three books I'm reading are Getting Things Done by David Allen. The Art of Stress-Free Productivity. Um, I've read some other productivity books and they kept coming, kept referencing this book. It's kind of like the the Bible almost of productivity and self-help. And, you know, you read these books, enough of these books and they start to kind of echo each other. It's like, they're just saying the same, kind of a, a, a similar thing to what someone else said. So this is, so I've, now I've gone to books where, like, what was the like original source book like that started it all? Um, so I read like the um, the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss, and um, you know, uh, so I'm reading this one now. It's actually very very good. Um, just it's a process, and it just says here's how you need to take care of all because of open loops, and we have all these open loops. Um, you saw my picture with all my stuff on the table um, yesterday in the email, um, and our brains just have a hard time focusing when we have all these other things, whether it's open emails that are deleted or not done something with, you know, the inboxes that have thousands of emails or just stuff that just doesn't have a home. And his theory is the more you can put these things into buckets into where they belong, everything has a place, the better you're able to focus and be present, I guess. So, um, so far I'm, I'm in the middle of it and doing it while I'm reading it. Uh, I think all nonfiction books like these should have like a workbook. So also with the workbook that goes with it, <laughs> like it's like write once, publish twice, you know, like just smart, you know, but it's good. It's, it, it kind of walks you through and you can has like um, explains them a little bit more. So I got it. I liked it so much. I'm actually bought this for my teenage son, 16 year old son, uh, getting things done for teens, um, gifted him a bullet journal, like the bullet journal. We're going to do that together. So I don't read to my kids anymore. Um, they're 16 and 14. They're just uh, not into that, which I understand. Uh, but we'll listen to books, audio books sometimes in the car. Uh, we have a book, um, The Seven and a Half Deaths of, I can't remember the full title, but uh, it's a murder mystery. But it's, you know, definitely uh, appropriate for teenagers. Um, so anyway, that's the first book. 
Um, this book is The Anomaly by Herb Latelier. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. It's a French author and it's translated uh, just about this flight that goes through some significant weather disturbances of a major storm. And it comes out of it and the people aren't, something's happened to the people. Um, I don't want to give too much away, uh, but um, kind of think of like the show Manifest. I was just thinking that. (laughs) Yeah, so I think that's kind of like it. I'm not sure yet, but I learned about this book from a friend who's made it her mission to read 100 books this year, and mostly fiction. So I, I tend to read more nonfiction than fiction. So she's been kind of one of my sources for making sure I'm reading fiction. So um, this was interesting to me. Uh, so science fiction. Um, and the last one is our librarian in our school is always recommending great books. And um, uh, my wife has already read it, uh, but we're doing like a summer book club. It's Simon Sort of Says by Aaron Bow. And this boy has living in like the one place in America or Canada, I'm not sure where, where the internet they don't have a cell phone or cell phone lines or anything um, because they're looking for alien life. So they can't have any kind of cross signals, I guess. So, but also he is the lone survivor of a school shooting. So really an interesting, and I don't know, uh, but everyone has read has really liked it. And, um, is it young adult? About, is, that a young, that? Like, is that a young adult book? Yes. Um, let's see here. I'm not seeing uh, grades four through six, eight through twelve. Oh. So, Jen, your your daughter might like it. Yeah. Know. Yep. Simon sort of says so. Yeah, and I um think about why I'm reading it. And I noted in my noted it in my email that um, all these books were recommended to me in some form or fashion, either through other authors or through just someone recommending it. So, and I, I, my guess is that's how I end up reading a lot of the books. I read, I'm not a pick a book off the shelf kind of a person. Some people are they like big risk takers that way. Um, I'm more of a, I want to like read like four reviews of it and get it recommended by three people. And then I'll read it because I don't, <laughs> I don't want to invest the time into reading a book and get halfway through it. And it's like, oh, this wasn't very good. And so I'm a bit of a, um, safe reader, I guess, in, this, in that sense. That's something I've learned about myself is um, I need to surround myself with other um, readers like yourselves who, you know, I, I trust as good recommenders. So anything you've learned about yourself just as you've reflected on your reading? Um, I, I learned that I get too stuck because reading is such a big part of my profession, I realized that I don't read for myself enough anymore. You know, I used to spend weekends reading books and staying up until I couldn't stay awake anymore. And I don't do that anymore. Um, So when I was thinking, oh my gosh, how at first I thought, can I read three books in a month? (laughs) But I I can, of course I can. You know, I just kind of realized I have to recommit to the reader that I was mm-hmm. for myself. Recommit to the reader that I was. That's good. Yeah. I think I started, you know, as I started thinking, I was at first, you know, I 
kind of put the judgment on myself. I was like, Ooh, I'm not reading like intellectually, you know, exciting stuff, you know, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, yes, you do. But, it, but, you know, at the moment, you know how you'll have moments of where your reading is just pure mindless sorts of things. And I've had a, it's been a difficult month. We had to put our little kitty to sleep, which was just devastating. Um, and so I'm, you know, didn't have the brain space for um, lots of books. Like I have a, um, Barbara Kingsolver's newest book, you know, and I have that sitting and I thought, oh, I was going to start that. And I thought, I just don't have the mental capacity for it. So, um, but um, the other thing I was thinking about is um, a friend had ta- started talking about wanting to do a book club together. And I find myself hesitating on that because I want to be able to choose what I'm reading um, when I'm in the mood for it. You know, I don't want to feel compelled to have to read something. I'm like you, Matt. I don't want to spend the time on something that I'm not going to absolutely love. Um, um, so, yeah, so I, has, I, I was thinking about that um, as, we, as I was looking through it. I, I like that idea of choice. And I feel like that is such a big thing for me. Um, that, um, yeah, it's just, it's interesting. I, I was appreciating your piece on independent reading and just how important that is and that, that kids are able to, to choose what they read. And yet at the same time, they need someone having the conversations about books to expose them to books. Cause every one of us have said we, how we've come to the, the books that we know and read. And I'm, you know, I can't pass up an article that says, here's five new great new books you should read about, you know, if you like mysteries and, you know, so I'm constantly reading those kinds of recommendation and articles, but, you know, it's, it's got to sound like it's something that I would want to read before I'm going to put it into the, the queue at the library or, or um, Amazon. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I, I think I really thought more about that than I have in a while um, with, with this book challenge that you put, put forth for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, um, when you mentioned that, you know, choice is so important. We interviewed several of our fourth, fifth graders at the end of the year. And that was one of the recurring themes that they want choice, so much choice, but a lot of support in that choosing. Like they want to know a lot about a lot of great books. And I think about some of the curricula that we're seeing in schools and it just reduced. Now I'm going off into school. Sorry. But, um, you know, to the point of, you know, I don't think we can give enough choice, you know, the least amount of structure possible. I'm with you, Deborah. I don't do a lot of book clubs for that very reason. I don't want to read some of the books they pick. It's like, eh, I'm out, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, very good points. Um, yeah, so the three book challenge, it can be in place of, you know, your thematic units where you can pick from these three different bins of five or six titles of each or copies of each title. You can just say, well, here are some recommendations, or you can find another book in historical fiction, for example, and um, that you feel might, you know, fit the bill, I guess, so to speak, if that's our theme. Yeah, any, it's certainly, um, it certainly just goes to how we think about engagement. You know, I mean, Brian and I talked about that you have to see yourself as a doer. So if you don't see yourself as that reader who gets to make the choices and make the decisions about what you read, you aren't really a true like 
doer of reading, right? You're not a, yeah. you're not going to have that kind of engagement. Um, all this just makes me so want to be back in the classroom. Every time I get in conversations like this, I want to be back at a school with my own group of kids to live this. So, yeah. yeah, I I was thinking along the same lines, Deborah, when you asked that question, Matt, what did you learn about yourself as a reader? Or did you learn anything about yourself as a reader? And I, I was thinking, um, how, how will children know who they are as readers if they don't have agency and choice? You know, the, the, I, I also avoid book clubs because I don't like to have to read something if I don't like it, you know, I have to do that. I have to do so much reading for my, my job that, you know, I have to read books, even if I'm not loving it, you know, and, um, when I go to read for myself, if I don't really care for it, I want to put it back bring it back to the mm-hmm. library, put it down. Um, or, or I want to put it down. Maybe I'm not ready for that book right now. Like you were saying, Deborah, with life circumstances, you just didn't have the capacity for that one book right now. I want to come back to it later. I don't want to have to read it by the end of the month or, or by the time we have to meet. Um, you know, and that's how I know who I am as a reader by what I like, what I don't like, you know, There are certain types of books I read a lot slower. There are other book types of books I fly through, you know, and, and there's only one way to know that about yourself is to make your own choices. Great point. See how we tied it right back to literacy? There you go. We can't can't help it. (laughs) I think the theme here is we cannot provide enough choice and, um, Peers and other readers are often the best source of ideas for what to read next. And the more time you can give kids for choice and for t- choice and talk um, around okay. good literature, it's um, it's going to benefit everyone. So, uh, thanks everyone for the conversation and uh, happy reading. <laughs>